Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. Uh, we got Josh and Dylan on with us. How's it going, boys? Going all right. Good, good. All right, so we may have just a smaller podcast, but not as much to talk about right now. Sports is kind of quiet, and there is no game. I feel like we NFL. say that now, though, Ty, and we always we go wrong. talking about some of these yeah, subjects today. And oh, I know. We have at least one, maybe maybe one thing involving the Buccaneers that we'll cover, and Dylan will will cover that for quite a while, I think. I don't know. Last week, he didn't want to talk about them at all. Um, Who? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, you know, it probably would have been a very quick announcement, you know, or a very quick episode this week uh, if, uh, you know, that announcement hadn't come around, you know, what is it, 830 this morning? Um, and you know, that's, you know, your boy, uh, Tommy boy is no longer, he's officially for good, for good until next month. Um, let's see if he pulls a Brett Favre out. Um, he has retired. I mean, he did have a tear in his eye. If you watch that video pretty closely, um, on the beach of Clearwater, I guess is what what I heard. So, but yeah, Tom Brady is retired. Twenty three seasons. Uh, was it twenty three seasons? Ten Super Bowl appearances. Seven wins. Seven wins. Yeah. But is it ten Super Bowl appearances and seven wins? Is that right? I'm pretty sure. I didn't know he lost three times. I only thought he lost twice. Two to the Giants, one to the Eagles. Thank you. I forgot about the Eagles, who is, you know, in the Super Bowl right now. So, you know, I guess I should remember that. Um, yeah, I, I heard Chris Berman say it today. He A third of his season has been a Super Bowl champion. A third of his career was a Super Bowl champion. That's pretty crazy. So... Thoughts about Brady retiring? I know we talked about it last year, about this time, and then a month later, you know, things changed. But any thoughts on this? You want to go first or you want me to? Uh, You can go first. All right. So, I mean, I I think my mind goes a few different ways. I mean, one, and yeah, I, I had a little bit of, well, I watched it later, but a little bit of get up as they were covering you know, the, the announcement and all of them, you know, there was just this amount of sadness. And, and I think like, man, I don't like Tom Brady and I did not like him at all when he was with the Patriots. And now I've been forced to kind of cheer for him a little bit because, you know, Dylan's team is the Bucks and Dylan's my friend. And so I like to, to root for Dylan's team if I don't really care otherwise. And so I've, gotten to like Tom Brady a little bit more recently, but there is an amount of sadness at the fact that like this, this crazy, incredible career is over and we'll never see him play again. You know, and you think about like, if the Lord blesses me with children sometime and they grow up to be football fans and they'll probably ask me like, you know, dad, what was it like to watch Peyton Manning or, you know, but then the name that will probably always be mentioned is Tom Brady. You know, I think about like asking my dad about, you know, Jerry Rice or, 
or Joe Montana or, you know, these guys. And now Tom Brady is perhaps above all of them in, you know, just career accolades. But then, you know, part of me thinks like, man, why didn't he just retire last year? Like he had a losing season this year and then above anything on the football field, like he lost his family because of his decision to, to stay in this game. And I think that might be the hardest thing to judge is, you know, retiring this year. I'm a little surprised he retired this year because this year really sucked. And, and I don't think it was solely because of him. Like, I, I think he still has the ability and the talent to play. And so part of me thought he was going to come back and try to have a bit of a better year and go out on that. But for me to just look and be like, man, like you were so consumed by this game that you chose the game over your family only to retire after this year. And now I know some of them even mentioned, some of the analysts had mentioned about, you know, retiring so that he can be a father now that he's a single father, but just the the putting football over his marriage only to have it end in a losing season and, and retirement now kind of makes me just reminds me that this is only a game and there are far more important things of in life. So I don't know. Those are just some of the thoughts I've been having since he retired. I think it's it's such a a sad thing to see him go out this way on a losing season after all of that family drama that you know has been open for the the world to see. But then it's also kind of sad to to have such a legend be done. You know, never play again. I don't know if we'll ever see anybody quite like Tom Brady ever again. Bill. Yeah, no, I I kind of echo a lot of Josh's thoughts. I couldn't stand Brady for the first majority of his career, which, I mean, spans literally my life. Uh, he had 23 years in the NFL, and I will be 25 this year. So literally, since I was like a year and a half old, he's been in the NFL. Um, but he, I couldn't stand him. I didn't want him when he came to Tampa. For the most of the first year, I was not a fan. And then he won the Super Bowl and kind of made me a fan to where now it kind of I, I do feel for him uh, retiring because like you could see some of the emotion uh, in the video this morning that he had and and how hard of a decision this was. But I mean, kind of like what Josh said, I mean, I don't like speculating on his home life, but I would assume that there's probably more issues than him not playing football that went into it and maybe he saw the calculus of there's probably not much hope that we stay together if I do or don't play football in that last year. And then he does, and then has to deal with all the ramifications. But I, I kind of, I still agree that I think he should have retired last year and tried to do whatever he could to, to save his marriage, but that's neither here nor there. But I, I think as a football player, I mean, he is the greatest of all time. I was very much against saying, in every sport or most sports that there really wasn't a goat because uh, it's hard to calculate that with eras and different things like that. But I think Brady's proved in football that, I mean, he's won, I think three more Super Bowls than any other player or like any other like major player that wasn't like an ancillary piece on a, on a team. Uh, 
and he holds every record on in the books, <laughs> like every major statistical record that there is. So the fact that he holds all of those, I, I think there's it's really easy to say he's the goat. He might not be the most talented. I think we can all say that he's not he's not the most talented yeah. player of all time, but he's the most accomplished. At, at, at the position of all time which i think makes him the goat now granted i think we're watching maybe the most talented player of all time and patrick mahomes right now and he has a chance to maybe surpass i don't know if he ever gets seven but i think it cut, becomes a conversation if he gets four or five and yeah. he catches him on a lot of the other records and things like that because mahomes is putting up stupid numbers passing touchdowns passing yards things like that especially with the 17th game i think it's going to be easy for him to catch it even if he's in for only seven like if he's in less years than than uh tom is so you're just as one point of clarification you're saying even if like four championships compared to seven championships the guy with four championships could be the goat if he passes in all these other statistical categories i said it could be a conversation i said i, I don't okay. think he would but i'm saying i think mahomes is definitely <laughs> might be the most talented player of all time. That's a, I, I think that's, a, a, and I said Brady is the most accomplished player of all time, but I think that that will ensue a debate if Mahomes ever gets like four or five, I think then it's a debate. I think just, then people will say, just I know where you're somebody, going with it. I know where just you're going with it. I just wanted to have some of that clear in case we ever get into a LeBron Jordan debate again. I, I just want to be able to make sure that I know four championships well, is okay compared to seven if there really? is like statistical greatness, perhaps like passing Kareem Abdul Jabbar. But anyway, um, Ty, were you going to say something? So I found this stat. And also, I knew where it was going as soon as I, you said it. Josh, we had a conversation about it last week, actually. So, um, Anytime this I have the chance to come up and just kind of poke Dylan with that, I will. So, LeBron. Okay. Um, Tom, that, Tom Brady in his 20s. 21,564 passing yards, 147 passing touchdowns, three Super Bowls. Tom Brady in his 30s. 40,000 pass, 40, passing yards, 309 passing touchdowns, two Super Bowls. And Tom Brady in his 40s. 27,630 passing yards, 193 passing touchdowns, and two Super Bowls. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of Tom Brady. Y'all know that. But those numbers alone would give any – doesn't pick a decade. You're going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's had three Hall of Fame careers all yeah. in one lifetime. I can give you 25 reasons why my dad doesn't like Tom Brady, but yeah. it's a different conversation. You know what? We're just gonna keep going. <laughs> you know, it, had right. to come, it, it had to come. It had to come in. I know, but we're just gonna keep going on that. Um, so I have I, the, the. I was gonna say I have the books here. They put out all of Brady's ranks and what he was first in in his career: most wins, most Pro Bowls, most Super Bowl MVPs, completions, attempts, passing yards, and touchdowns, like all time. And then in the postseason, he has the most appearances, most games started, most wins, most Super Bowl appearances, most Super Bowl wins, most completions, most passing yards, most touchdowns, most game-winning drives, most fourth-quarter comebacks. Tell me this. If, if, they, if they ended up retiring a number 
we all agree that it's a Patriots 12, right? The Bucks might retire him because he changed the culture in Tampa. And he won him a Super Bowl. But do you think it'll go back now that he's gone? What? The culture will change again now that he's gone? Yeah, with Todd Bowles at the helm, it might. Well, that brings me to my next thing. Once a loser, always a loser, right? We have – we've had a lot of QB changes and a lot of QB happenings like hires in this week. Um, the biggest was today, in fact. Sean Payton is going to be the coach of the Denver Broncos. He's going to let Russ cook. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. Um, I know Chris, who is not on with us, was pretty excited about this. Um I don't know if I agree with what they gave up for him, though. Anybody in speculation on that? Like, now that you've got – like, I, I know, Dylan, you sent out something in the group. Two – three firsts, two seconds, and, like, you know, for Todd Bowles and Russell Wilson. Not Todd Bowles. I'll give Todd, Todd, Todd Bowles right now. I'm sorry. I, I Sean give Todd Bowles right now yeah. for that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you for correcting me, though. But you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, it was three firsts, three seconds, plus additional assets to acquire Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Is that – and, like, the both are probably going to get – yeah, their contracts are huge. I would separate the two. Because would definitely they're two separate different the two. You essentially traded – this was essentially the trade. You traded Bradley Chubb and pick-swapped – your next year's second for a third for Sean Payton. That's essentially what the trade was because yeah. you traded Bradley Chubb to the Miami Dolphins, got a first, used that first to trade there, and then moved back around in next year's draft. So I think that's worth it. And plus it was a 29th pick in the first round. It wasn't like it was a top 10 pick or anything like that. Right. So for Sean Payton, I think that's a – I'd make that trade a hundred times out of a hundred. I, I think that's yeah. a good trade. No, I think the price tag for Peyton himself wasn't extravagant compared to looking at some other, you know, some other trades throughout history. You know, Bill Parcells back in 1997, um, when New Lucky. York traded a first, a second, and a fourth round draft pick to the Patriots for him. Um, I mean, you look at other trades of coaches and then you think John, about like yeah. sean payton's pedigree now whether or not it works out i don't know and that'll ultimately be the thing you know if if this works out you're gonna be like oh that was nothing but if it doesn't work out you're gonna be like oh you wasted that first round pick you could have had whoever you know they end up taking with the 29 um i don't think it's a bad trade for payton but i think it just again it further makes the Russell Wilson trade look terrible, in my opinion. Hey, you talk about talk about past trades. The Bucks traded when they traded for Gruden, traded two firsts and two seconds for John Gruden, who had not won a Super Bowl and not the pedigree that that um Peyton has. So I think that's a steal. Well, so you got Sean Payton going to Denver, D'Amico Ryan's going to Houston, 
What are your feelings on that one? And he's got to be a full one more thing about Sean Payton before we go. Like, I think the fact that Sean Payton and Drew Brees, like, give credit to Drew Brees, but like, they formed a dynamic duo because Payton has an incredible offensive mind. The Broncos recognized that Russell Wilson has talent, but their offense was utterly broken last year. You know, what What was the, the thing that we kept seeing going around? Like if, if the Broncos had only scored 18 points in every game, they would have been in the playoffs. Like Sean Payton with Russell Wilson, how can they not get at least 18 points? Um, so I think, again, I think that was a great move by them to just go and secure it. But going to the next one, Ty, with D'Amico Ryans, I think there's always a risk with a taking a coach who has no head coaching experience. But seeing what D'Amico has done with the defense and then just hearing some of the things you hear about who he is as a person, his character, you know, J.J. Watt talking about him. Like, I think it's a great move for Houston. Um, I'm kind of surprised that they got him. But I think um, if they if they can get the right guy in there as quarterback, and I guess my only concern is what those are the McNairs who own the Texans. Are they going to fire Ryan's after one or two years, like they've been firing every? I was gonna say like, that's the one thing. I so, think I mean, if Ryan's if Ryan's has at least three, maybe four years for success, I think it'll be a good move. I think the biggest thing with that is you've still got to find the right OC and that right quarterback. I mean, granted, you have, was it the number two pick? Yep. So you're going to either get CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. You have the shot of both. Um, and I guess if you have the right OC, if you can find the OC that can say, I want this quarterback over this one. I mean, you might have both of them right there because, you know, Chicago keeps their pick. They ain't going to go with the quarterback. I wouldn't think. Dylan, well, what do you I'd think? With this? I'd be shocked if Chicago stayed and drafted a quarterback. I'd be shocked if Chicago didn't trade out of the number one. There's I'd, a chance I would Houston too. trades up to the number one. Uh, if they really want a, a quarterback and doesn't want anyone to jump them. Yeah. Uh, but I think Ryan's is a good hire. I agree with Josh. You always have a risk not knowing what what kind of success. Like Sean Payton, I mean, you could say there's some risk, but you know his track record. He has a 15-year track record as a head coach. And so you know what in a Super Bowl. And past success as a coach usually is indicative of future success. Uh, And so with D'Amico, you don't really know. But based on what he's been able to do as a a DC and how fast he's moved up the ranks of coaching, only in like six years, I believe, he's uh, showing that he actually knows what he's doing and he's competent at his job and he's able to do it well. And he's a player. He's a former player, so I think that gives him some credibility. And he's a former Texan, a rookie of the year for the Texans. I think he's the. I think I saw somewhere today that he is the. Uh, I forget. He was. He's high up on their, like on one of their record boards or something like that. Uh, or I forget. But yeah, he's a third Pro Bowler. He's the third Pro Bowler in Texans history. So he's got some credibility in that in that franchise. 
but they have to give him time. And I think that's indicative of the deal they gave him. They gave him a six-year deal, which is a kind of a long For a head coach? For a for new a, head coach? And so, like, I mean, Matt Rule, I think, got a seven-year deal when he got hired. Uh, and they gave him three or four years in Carolina. Um, and so I think D'Amico's got probably at least two years. Uh, but I think the quarterback's always going to be how you're – viewed i mean robert sala might be an exception because he hasn't had a quarterback but they've built up the team and the rest of the team looks good so if he does something like that and the quarterback just doesn't work out maybe he gets two bites at the apple with it but he's gotta he's either gotta hit the quarterback or he's got to build a really good roster and if the quarterback doesn't hit this year then he might get another chance maybe with a veteran or something but he's got he's got at least a bite at the apple at least two years, I think, uh, for for this. Because I think if the Texans fired D'Amico after one, I don't know what coach goes there None. next year. You're gonna be like you're gonna be doing like Jeff Saturday, but not Jeff Saturday. And you're gonna be looking for somebody like, hey JJ, I know you just retired. JJ ain't gonna go there. You know how peeved JJ would probably be. How 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 happy he is right now for D'Amico. If they fired him after one year, JJ would probably mm-hmm. not be happy and probably not want to come coach for them. Uh, so, I I they have to give him more than one year, or else they're 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 gonna be in hot water. Yeah. Uh, and so I but I like D'Amico. I think he, I think he has a lot of potential. Um. I always prefer offensive-minded coaches because if you're going to draft a quarterback, you have more longevity with that quarterback because, like, if the OC hits and he does well and the quarterback's well, the OC is probably going to get a head coaching job somewhere down the line, and then you have to rotate and switch it out and stuff like that. So that's Eric like – that'd be, Huh? Eric Bien-Me? Yeah. Unless you're, unless you're the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, he doesn't call plays or do anything like that. And that's a trick. Well, but he has an offensive-minded head coach. That, that, I mean, that's true. So, that's so true. like, that's, that's, like that's, that's my only thing against defensive coaches. I'm not – as head coaches, I'm not, like, super against because there's some really good ones. Bill Belichick's a defensive-minded head coach, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Uh, but I like offensive-minded head coaches when you tie them to a quarterback because you build that longevity. They don't really change, things like that. But that's just a personal preference. Well, but I think D'Amico has, has a lot – it's a blank slate in Houston. You can make that franchise however you want it. You've got, like, yeah. five good pieces on that team. Yeah. Now, five might be a stretch. But For what you just said, though, Dill, you know, the other hiring that happened this week was Frank Wright went to Carolina. And you and I in the in the in the chat in our text con, you know group, we went at it a little bit. We had discussions about this. I am not a Harik fan. I don't think he's proven enough to me. He didn't do anything. You know, he wanted his guy. He, did, he took his guy. He got his guy. And Carson Wentz, and it didn't work out. Whatever reason, it didn't work out. And then he stayed for half a season this season, and then they brought in Jeff Saturday. What I don't like is what I, what I think what made me more upset with the Carolina hiring is I think Steve Wilkes did an amazing job mm-hmm. in Carolina this year. The players were behind him. The fans were behind him. He went into a situation where they got rid of Matt Rule. They got rid of their best player. They got rid of their best receiver 
And until week 14, they were in for the top of the division. That wasn't a great division, but they were there. And to not even give him a real shot and bring in somebody who I don't agree with. I'm sorry. I don't agree with the pick. And, and I mean, even, you know, when he went on his way out, Steve Wilk said, thank you for the opportunity. I hope, you know, this, you know, I hope somebody else hires him. Like, I hope he goes to Indy or Carolina or, or Arizona because those are the only two vacancies left. But I hope he gets an opportunity because they're going to go, look what he's done. That's to me is like a Dan Campbell in Detroit. You know, the players want to play for him. So I know me and you didn't agree with this. I know Frank Reich, you like him. I, I just don't agree with it. And I mean, he, he, I could be wrong. Frank Reich could win a Super Bowl for the Carolina Panthers in two years. Who knows? Maybe with Matt Corral. I don't know. Or with Matt Corral. Yeah, but I'm just saying like, I mean, he's going into a spot where he's got to rebuild that whole team, too. I disagree with that, but Josh, I'll let you go before I go. No, I mean, I I think I disagree and agree with Ty. Um, I don't necessarily agree about Frank Reich, um, although I kind of want to know more. How much of the quarterback choice, how much of the non-Carson Wentz quarterback choice in Indy was Reich's decision and how much was it GM slash owner you know because yeah he brought in Carson Wentz and that did not turn out Ron Rivera brought in Carson Wentz and that did not turn out like is that necessarily the coach thing or is that the quarterback thing um you know and sometimes you take a flyer on a guy and you get burned and Carson Wentz has all of the reasons to take a flyer on him but then you also get burned. Um, but you I look thought... at what he did. You look at what what Reich did with Philip Rivers, and really pulled a pretty good performance out of a well over the hill quarterback. Um, so I'm not willing to say Reich is a bad decision as coach. However, in this situation, I think he's a bad decision as coach because I think you had the right coach there. Um, I fully agree. Well, I disagree with your assessment of Reich. I do agree. I think Steve Wilkes absolutely deserved at least another year at the helm. Um, I, I don't know why when he did what he did as the interim that you don't say, okay, show, show me what you can do for a year. To me, to me, this feels a little bit, you know, and, and I like Frank Reich. And so I hope this doesn't turn out this way. But it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Raiders last year. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah, but the special the, teams. The, the absolute Rich Bisaccia. Mess, the absolute mess with, with Gruden. John Gruden. Yep. And then Rich Bisaccia comes in and does a heck of a job as the yep. interim coach. A heck of a job. And then they interview him and they decide to go with Josh McDaniels. And we all saw how that worked out. And I think it was just the other week. I think it was on the podcast, but if not in the, on the podcast, it was in a discussion with you guys or something where I said, I think if Rich Bisaccia was the coach of the Raiders, they, they might have been a playoff team. 
It was on the um, podcast. I remember that. Yeah. I, I think they would have been a playoff team, but they weren't. And I, I think that was because one, now I, I don't think McDaniels is a good coach. I think he's a good coordinator. I don't think he's a good coach. But then two, I wonder how much of it is because the players were behind Bisaccia and they weren't really happy. You know, they, they weren't wanting to put 100% forth or, you know, I want to necessarily say they weren't willing to put 100% forth. Maybe they were still trying, but there's, there's a level of disappointment when your guy doesn't get the job. And so now I'm, I'm concerned, and I might be wrong, but I'm concerned that all the players who rallied around Steve Wilkes, who finished out the season shockingly well, they traded away possibly one of the best players in franchise history. I mean, what Cam Newton might be up there. Steve Smith is obviously right up there. Uh, but like Christian Impact. McCaffrey. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey, they trade him away and they fire their coach, and then they start playing better. Yeah, and so I just think, I think Wilkes should have been given an opportunity to lead that team for at least another year. And I don't think it would have been wrong to tell him, like, hey, you know, we're going we're gonna to bring Shortly. you back for a year, bring a quarterback in, let's see what you can do. Yeah. And if you fired him after that, then fine. But I don't know. I just really liked what he did. Dylan? Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree that Wilkes might have or at least should have maybe got an opportunity for, for this year. I know the one year he was a head coach in Arizona, I think was the year they drafted Josh Rosen and they went three and 13. It was not a good year, um, but the Cardinals again, also had some other issues. If, that, who who drafted Rosen? Was it Wilkes or was it, you know, GM slash ownership? And if, if it wasn't Wilkes choice, I don't think we can be blaming him because we've seen what Josh Rosen has done in his career. Yeah, absolutely not. Or has um, Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't necessarily disagree because he showed some – that team showed a lot of grit at the end of this year. Uh, well, I will – like, I, I agree with Josh. I think Frank Reich I, – I don't agree necessarily that I, that the team might not respond like the Raiders seem to not respond because though Josh McDaniels has Super Bowls, he wasn't a Super Bowl head coach. He's an O.C., mm-hmm. Frank Reich doesn't have Super Bowls as a head coach or an OC. I don't think. I don't believe. I know not as a head coach, but no, I don't. I don't think so as an OC either. But he does have a track record as a winning head coach, uh, and a re- respectable one. With, like, I mean, let's just go off off the top. At what quarterbacks played for Frank Reich in his five years in Indianapolis? One year of Luck, one year of Brissett, one year of Rivers. A year of wins, Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger, Jacob Eason. Yeah. Was that is that who played this year? Jacob Eason, Sam Ellinger? No, Nick Foles. And maybe Jacob Eason one year one, for a game or two. That's eight eight coaches and or eight quarterbacks in five years. And he had a 40 and 33 record. And he was with Carson Wentz. He had a top 16 offense. With Philip Rivers, he had a top 10 offense. And not only was he an offensive-minded head coach, his defenses were in the top half of the league every single year of him as a head coach. So on both sides of the ball, he knows what he's doing. And with eight different quarterbacks, he had a, a plus seven winning record. 
And you could argue, I mean, the first year he's there with Andrew Luck, they're in the playoffs. They win a playoff game, and then they lose, and he's out. He brings Philip the the ghost of Philip Rivers in, and they make the playoffs, and they might win a playoff game had the ball bounced a little bit differently against the Bills that game. So Frank Reich's a heck of a coach. You give him a quarterback, and I disagree that he has to rebuild the whole franchise. I think Carolina wins the division this year. Like, depending on what Tampa does at quarterback, and I, Lord hope they don't do anything at quarterback because I want to suck it up for Caleb Williams and Drake May. <laughs> I want to, I want to be terrible. But Carolina has more pieces as a team than any of the other teams, except maybe Tampa does. They have Brian Burns, Derek Brown. They have Jeremy Chin, J.C. Horn. They have a solid line. They got Icky. I forget what their right tackle's name is. They have a solid line. They got D.J. Moore. They traded for LaVisca, who didn't do a whole ton. Um, but also on defense, I forgot. They have C.J. Henderson. Uh, Lot, not Latu. Latu's the tight end from Bama. Uh, but look, they have another linebacker that ascended this year. They have a lot of really good talent. They need a quarterback, but you can solve that with a trade for Derek Carr or a signing of Derek Carr or a Jimmy G or a bridge or something. You can do a lot of different things. They have a top 10 pick this year too, so they could maybe take a young quarterback or do both. I don't know. Well, they but to the I, quarterback last year. So, I mean, he was hurt all In season, the third but... or fourth round, and he didn't play a snap because he got hurt in the preseason. Yeah. So, and he wasn't also drafted by Frank Reich. So Frank Reich has no loyalty to him. So Matt Crowley, the, he probably will not see the field at all, um, unless there's a lot of injuries. Which, based on based on injuries, based yeah. on his past coaching experience, it might be might be a thing. But I think Frank Reich's a heck of a coach, and I think to say that he's not with the stuff that he had to deal with is, I, I think, is. I, like I said, I will I will concede if I am wrong, but I just haven't seen it in my eyes to give it to him. Now, I will say this. I just looked it up. Steve Wilkes has been asked by the Niners to be the, the Niners to be the new D.C. Well, he, he hasn't put, been at, he hasn't been offered. He's been in no, the no. Game. He's been asked like the Niners have asked the Panthers because he's still under contract with the Panthers. He's not been released. Awkward. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Is I saw like, a report. I saw a report before they hired anybody that there was a that the Panthers were want, hoping that if they didn't hire Wilkes, that he might stay on as the defensive coordinator. Really? Good luck. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like he even tweeted out, he's like, "Thank you for the opportunity you've given me." Like he doesn't want to be there. You know, and I agree with it. Sorry. If I just did all this for your franchise and you don't even give me the situation a chance, I don't want to come back and be in a lower role. Yeah, I I mean I think he upgrades if he goes and becomes the DC for Well, that's what I'm saying. For the for the Niners. Yeah, I'll take the Niners another a new team as a lower, you know, as that role, but not going back to the same team in that role. Now, speaking of QBs, that's another carousel that's kind of happening right now. I mean, there's a lot of QB talks. You know, besides Brady, you had, you know, Derek Carr, who was relieved of his 
position um, and has said, you know, it, it has already been said he will not be back in Vegas. You talked about it. He could go to Carolina. There's teams like the Jets, the Saints, your team like the Bucks. looking at him. Other QBs like Aaron Rodgers, who have said that, you know, they're not sure what they want to do, but he's not happy. Lamar Jackson, who's not happy. He is under, he's not under any contracts now. I mean, he'll probably get franchise tags. I would think. Who's that again? Sorry. Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, now that you've got a Pro Bowl quarterback as his backup. That's what I'm saying. You just take Tyler Huntley, man. Dylan. Let him go. Let it, let's go, you know. Uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, but here's my thing is, is you know, players like like Russell Wilson opened up a, a kind of a, a setup where, like, hey, if you want to keep me but I don't want to play for you, see what you can get for me. Do you see things like that with Aaron Rodgers? Like, what would you see as Aaron Rodgers? What do you see for Derek Carr? Do you see Lamar staying in Baltimore? I see Lamar in Baltimore. I don't see him going anywhere else or getting traded. Um, especially with their end of season press conference with Eric Tacosta and, and John Harbaugh. I think he stays there. Now I think Aaron Rodgers gets traded. I don't know if you heard his comments on the Pat McAfee, the Pat McAfee show, show. On, on Tuesday that, that apparently the, he said the Packers are doing stuff that are, that are having conversations that do not involve him. So he said there might be balls in motion that he doesn't know about or things like that. So it sounds like, and there's been reports that the Packers want to move on from Aaron Rodgers and want to trade him. And it's just a matter of Rodgers making a decision, which he said he wants to do quickly. So we should know soon what he wants to do. I think he gets traded. Uh, I think he probably ends up in New York as a jet, but I, cause I don't think they trade him in conference and there's not many opportunities in the AFC. So I think he probably ends up a Jet. I would like – I think I think him and, and him and Robert Sala, the only – I mean, who's the new OC for them? Do they have one yet? Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Well, his, it's his old OC. Yeah. And you got Jimmy Garoppolo's out there still too, because you know Shanahan said that he doesn't see a way for Jimmy coming back next season. Yeah, I think Jimmy's gonna go to. It depends. I could see Jimmy maybe ended up in Green Bay if they trade uh, Rodgers. Green Bay or Carolina. I, think I would say Vegas just... because Josh McDaniels he's got a history with him. Yeah, I could. I, I, I don't know. Vegas is hard to read because if you're going to tell me that Jimmy G's an upgrade from Derek Carr. He's not. No. Like, we got we got some issues. But, <laughs> but if you've got Jimmy G or uh, Jared Stidham. I mean, it. I don't know. I, I, I don't, <laughs> the Vegas is weird. And I like Jimmy. I think he's a fine quarterback, but he's he's just not like an elite level quarterback. I think a. A sneaky option is maybe 
I'm just throwing this out there as an idea. Maybe Houston trades back a little bit. Maybe they take Will Levis and want to develop him for a year. And so they bring in Jimmy to be a bridge for a year. I don't know if that happens because I think Jimmy wants to go somewhere where he might win. But <laughs> he has a relationship with D'Amico, obviously, for being in the for San Francisco. So that's a that's a connection potentially. But I really don't know what what teams are really looking like we have the obvious teams looking for quarterbacks Carolina Vegas but like what team what team is like behind the scenes is a Washington looking for a quarterback well are they going to be in the Derek Carr sweepstakes or Jimmy G sweepstakes or I mean there's a a lot of teams there's a lot of teams kind of in that like the Saints are they going to stick with Jameis are they going to go for a quarterback the Bucks are in there Andy Dalton like, and Jameis Winston are both free agents, unrestricted. Mm-hmm. Your boy Blaine Gabbert, unrestricted. Taylor Heineke is unrestricted. Blaine Gabbert's not in that conversation. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett is in that restriction. I think Taylor uh, Heineke's under contract. Nope. Oh, I just never mind. He's not. I forgot. I forgot that. Yeah, you're right. Um, Geno Smith is another name out there. He's, I think he's hundred percent staying in Seattle. I would, I, if I'm him, I would stay there. So but there's like a ton of teams that are, that have potential openings at quarterback. Yeah. That, See, I do think, I mean, you guys talked about the it Giants. a couple minutes ago. Um, I think the Giants need to re-sign Daniel Jones. I think three I think years. Jets, I think the Jets ought to pursue Rodgers. Um, and bringing Hackett in, you know, as much as we laugh at Hackett in, in Denver, and that was just a complete mistake. But you look and we say, okay, we laughed at McDaniels in Denver, and then he went back to the Patriots and won a bunch more. So I think Hackett, Hackett might be a McDaniels. He might be an offensive coordinator, not a head coach, because yeah. he was definitely not a head coach. Um, no, no argument there. But I think that could be interesting. But you, you just mentioned it in passing. But I would love to see Derek Carr go to Washington. Oh, I, I think that would be a great fit for Washington. Hey, do you have any? Do you have any Carr. personal, uh, personal uh, reasons <laughs> why? Maybe a dynasty league that you own some some uh, commanders. Oh shoot! In? Actually, I mean that's not a bad point. Um, <laughs> you know, I do have what I've got: Terry McLaurin and um, I got Brian Robinson. No, I wish I had him. Um, I just have Gibson. But so I think I think Carr I have and Washington would be a great fit. I think Carr and Washington would be a great fit. I think it would I be. Actually I was not thinking about that at all. Um, I was thinking about the fact that my brother is a Commanders fan um, as like a personal <laughs> tie. You know, so I I root for them more than most football teams, um, other than their ownership, which I can't stand. But if they get a new owner and they get Derek Carr to come in, like man, oh, I would. Which I would, would be love to see that happen. Where do you see a bigger place for him? I mean, Carr is probably the biggest name, in all honesty, because he's the only one that's a guaranteed going to be moving. You know. Well, um, well, I think I think Carr in almost every situation is good. Like, like send him to Carr, the Jets. Carr, mm. Carr in, in New York, the Jets. I think might be, is a great. That'd be fit. the best I think, one. I think Carr in Carolina is a great fit. Carr in Washington's a great fit. Carr like, in Indy. Car and Indy, I think, would be a great fit. Like, I mean, there's there's not really many options that you would tell me, like, 
Like Car and Tampa would be a great fit. I don't. I. I don't I want him because I want to tank. I want to be terrible this year. So that's the only reason one I don't be, want him. I think one place that would be bad is Car in Houston, for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we keep talking down about Houston. No, no, I say Car in Houston because of David, not because of Derek. You're gonna go Maybe. a place that just threw his team, like threw his brother, basically to the trash. Maybe. But also, I mean, Demico Ryan's kind of had a bit of an ignominious exit from Houston and now comes back as their head coach. True. So there, there's that aspect. But I think, like, you know, we True. look and, okay, they've got a young running back. They've got a couple of wide receivers. Like, I don't think Houston is quite as terrible as we sometimes make them out to be. They they're have bad. Left tackle. They're, they have a... they're bad, but they're not terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have, they have a they, – like I said, okay. they have some pieces, but – they don't have a terrible O-line. They don't have a great O-line. It's a below average one, but they got Laramie Tunsil, who's a good left tackle. They drafted a right guard this past year. That is pretty I got, good. I got one, and I know it's not on a radar, but I want to know the thought. Because I know he's going to stay, but if you could have a choice between Jared Goff or Derek Carr in Detroit. Derek Carr. No, I mean, no doubt in my mind. No, Derek Carr. It is the auto city. Yeah, but I mean, like right. that just that just throws a. But yeah, a car in Detroit would kind of make sense, right? Yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna do that though. Like Detroit would not do that. They they owed Jared Goff win way too much money, uh, and they couldn't afford both of them. And I don't think that the only way Jared Goff leaves that team is trade because of. Be, no, because they draft a young quarterback and he gets pushed out after next year. Because I think he's only under contract for one more year. I mean, so, you could get a, I mean, you could get out of him with a trade for Vegas. Yeah, but they ain't going to do that. Vegas doesn't want uh, – I doubt Vegas wants Jared Goff. All right. So, I mean, like I said, next week we will talk more on the Super Bowl. We'll probably talk just more about these teams that are in it, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. But now, since we got Josh on the horn, we are going to talk NHL. Josh, and as we usually do, like in the second half of every podcast so far, I'm going to hand the reins over to you and talk about the NHL here. Yeah, so the NHL, it's past the halfway point. Um, the the All-Star break is this weekend. And so, I mean, it's a time to give some updates. My Boston Bruins are leaps and bounds ahead of where I ever would have expected them to be. Um, I thought we would probably make the playoffs. Um, you know, we would make the wild card, but maybe make the playoffs if the top three teams from, from each um, division but somehow the Bruins are the best team in the NHL by just a huge margin. Um, 11 points ahead of, or no, I'm sorry, seven points ahead of the nearest team um, with points being two points for every win, one point for a loss in overtime. But yeah, the Bruins are just incredible up until this past week when they've lost three straight, two in regulation and one in overtime. So that's kind of disappointing especially one of them being to Dylan's Tampa Bay Lightning. But as a, a bit of a, a thing right and now, the teams, 
Yeah, the Kraken, that was about a week and a half ago. Um, but yeah. yes, the Kraken came into Boston and beat the Bruins at home. So that was rough. But right now, the, the playoff teams in the Eastern Conference would be Boston, Toronto, and Tampa Bay from the Atlantic Division, and Carolina, New Jersey, and New York from the Met- Metropolitan Division. And then the two wildcard teams would be the Washington Capitals and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, I think what's really interesting is you've got the the Capitals, the Penguins, and then right behind them are the Buffalo Sabres, the New York Islanders, and the Florida Panthers. Um, Florida made a big trade in the offseason to bring in Matthew Kachuk. The New York Islanders just made a trade with the Vancouver Canucks this past week to bring in Bo Horvat and ship out Anthony Beauvillier. Um, and the Buffalo Sabres have been so good this year, especially with young Tage Thompson, who's like six foot six or six foot eight, um, just goal scoring sensation this year. And a lot and Buffalo is a lot of fun to watch too. So I think if I were a fan of Pittsburgh, of Washington, or even of the New York Rangers, I'd be a little bit afraid about some of those teams coming up. Over in the Western Conference that I don't pay quite as much attention to, you know, still can see Dallas, Winnipeg, and Minnesota in the central division of the Western Conference, and Seattle, Los Angeles Kings, and Vegas Golden Knights in the Pacific, with Edmonton and the, the defending Stanley Cup Colorado Avalanche in the wild card. A few interesting things there is the the Pacific Division, Seattle Kraken. Um, I know both of you guys have kind of adopted them as your team since you're new to hockey. The Kraken last year was their first season. Now they are leading their division and playing some some really impressive hockey. Their young rookie, Matty Beneers, is just, yeah, um, really good two-way player, um, really good in the face-off circle. So a good year to be a Seattle Kraken fan in that. Edmonton being a wildcard team is, you know, again, really disappointed because you've got Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and you can't be better than what they are right now. And so that's just um, a little bit frustrating, but kind of where things are at there. Um, The fact that McDavid has 16 more points than the next closest person is just kind of stupid. Oh, it's crazy. Um, you, You look and... McDavid, you know, they, and his number two is his teammate. Yeah, Leon <laughs> now part of that is because they play on the same line together. So you know any points that you receive, so players get points from goals or assists. So if you've got McDavid passing to Drysaddle and Drysaddle scoring, McDavid gets a point, Drysaddle gets a point. If Drysaddle passes to McDavid, same thing. Um, so those two guys are incredible. But you're right. Um, they are up there. What I think Pasta is not too far behind Drysital, but you've got Drysital and McDavid. And McDavid, if you watch him play, he is just incredible. He's it's gorgeous to watch. Um, and it's a bit of a shame. In in some ways, I'm starting to look at Connor McDavid like Mike Trout. He's Ooh. You know, I mean, the the Oilers are making the playoffs. They're just not winning in the playoffs. And you see, you know, probably the best player in the league right now. Um, it'll be interesting. I'm not going to say best player yet. To me, that's still the best player to ever play hockey. To me, is Bobby Orr, with a close second being Wayne Gretzky. 
Um, but yeah, that can be debated, but you can't, to me, you can't start putting McDavid up in that category yet. But I think one day, you know, if there were anybody playing currently who I think could reach that type of a tier, it would probably be Connor McDavid and Kale McCarr from Colorado, the young defenseman. Um, but yeah, it's disappointing. He's not doing better, but he is an incredible show to watch. So with that just kind of being the the playoff or the updates of playoff rankings seedings right now, let me just say this weekend is the all-star game. So Friday night is the skills challenge. They do just a whole bunch of other things. I think they've brought back the fastest skater. They've brought back some other things. It's a fun thing to watch. I think the NHL skills challenge might be one of the most fun skills challenges to watch. Um, just really, I would try to tune into that Friday night. And then Saturday is the All-Star game where they're actually doing three games. Um, so I think it's the Central Division against the Pacific Division in the Western Conference, and then the Atlantic against the Metropolitan. I think the winners go against each other. I'm not 100% sure about that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. But the way that's set up is they do, um, they do games of three on three. So normally okay. in hockey, you've got the goalie and five skaters, two defensemen, three forwards primarily um, against each other. But in this, it's just going to be the goalie and three skaters. And so what that does is it opens the ice up a lot. You have a lot more, you know, they'll be more trying to keep possession of the puck but there'll be a lot more opportunity to showcase skating abilities, shooting. There should be more breakaways that always, you know, whenever you've got a David Posternock, Connor McDavid, um, Sidney Crosby, one of those guys coming down with speed, making a move on the goalie, it is a fun thing to watch. Um, three on three is the way the regular season overtime is played. And it is just exciting hockey because every minute you're like, <gasps> You know, the gasps are aplenty in, in that situation. Um, so if even if you're not a huge hockey fan, tune in Friday night for the skills competition. It's normally a lot more laid back and some fun interviews. But then the All-Star game Saturday evening, just some, some opportunity to see incredible athletes. What these guys do on skates, absolutely phenomenal. So try to tune into that on on Saturday night and and watch a little bit of that action. All right, I, I think are, I might. Are you guys gonna, you know, Dylan? You gonna tune in and to see Matty Beneers playing in the All Star game? I'm pretty sure he was the the cracking. Uh, if I remember that it's on on Saturday night, but I I will definitely try because I'll I ain't watching you. any I ain't watching any football this weekend. That's for sure. Oh no, Pro Bowl, no Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl's a joke. It just I might Tyler do the Huntley. skills. I like the skills. I might try to catch the skills comp. So I like it too, but honestly, like if if you can, now that uh, you're in a new season of life, Ty, um, congratulations yeah. on the almost retirement, but pretty much retired status that yeah. you now have. Um, Done working, can, just sitting around getting a check. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you can, tune in to both the NFL and the NHL skills competition, and then maybe okay. the game well and then let us know what your comparison is of the two i might do that because i mean it's not like i got this weekend probably the only weekend i'm quietly just sitting around the house packing stuff up waiting for the movers at the end of the month mm -hmm. um 
The only thing that interferes Saturday is the Warriors play on ABC. So that, that they play Saturday yeah. night. So I might I might be watching that, but yeah. I, I can flip back and forth. But yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And the reason I think I might like the Pro Bowl this year is they did the Banning Brothers as picking teams. I kind of like that. Um, just the Eli and and Peyton just kind of going at each other. It's pretty funny. I would really like to have if that's the if they're the two coaches. I would like to be like the overcast to be their brother, um, just to have some kind of insight into it. So, but with that, we are going to head out. Um, we will talk to you next week when we, you know we'll have a lot to talk about with the Super Bowl. Um, we will talk about this. You know, I'll be watching both those if I get a chance to. We'll talk about that. NBA is coming up. We're getting All Star games coming up soon. A couple weeks with that. So we got a lot to start happening when it comes to sports. Plus, as we always do about this time of year, it's coming up on draft season. Mm. Even though the season's almost over, combine, senior bowl, all was this week. It was today. There's a lot going on. All right. Talk to you next week.